Blog Talk Radio. Tonight I'm ready to unload the talent stamp. Tonight, eight Live from Dumpling Sound Studios 2 in New York City, it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Beach. And now, taking your calls and ready to unload on all things New York sports, here are your hosts, Steve Sanpietro and Brian Calvey. Ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode 1108. We are live. We are also taping our podcast and uh, the the dulcet tones of PJ Cachopo and Ready to Unload, bringing us in right there. And uh, welcome to the show, folks. April the 12th, 2011. We got a lot to talk about. As I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by PJ's pre-recorded intro, which you couldn't hear me anyway. Was that uh, Dan Schachner from SNY's Beer Money, the co-host of SNY's Beer Money, is going to join us in the second half of the show. We have a lot to talk about with Dan. I've known Dan for a long time. He's a really good guy, and uh, we're going to have some fun with him. He's going to talk to us about beer money. He's going to talk to us about uh, some of the stories of meeting the fan on the street or in the bar, in this case. And uh, we're going to play a little beer money, and uh, we're also going to talk about your kids. Not your kids, per se. Our kids, the kids, the children. Uh, and how uh, we're raising our children to be the sports fans, uh, to be fans of the teams that we root for. But before we get to all that, let me bring in my co-host. You know, Dan Shackner has a co-host on Beer Money who is almost as attractive as my co-host. The effervescent, the always delicious, the man of a thousand cookies. Mr. Brian Calniva Caliente Calpino Calvi. Brian, how are you, Val? <laughs> Yellow. Welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome to another episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Will we find out if Sam Pete is pregnant on this episode? I, I don't know. Is it a cliffhanger? Are we in sweeps yet? We are in sweeps, which means PJ is definitely going to be pregnant. Oh, gosh. We are joined by uh, PJ behind the glass, helping us out again tonight, and uh, PJ doing a, a wonderful jo- a job. He's better seen, not heard. Uh, he is a delightful-looking young man. Not that that's important, but we thank PJ for helping us out. And he wrote that song, Cal. I know. The opening, our, our theme song. I know he did. The song which the show is based on, Ready to Unload. He wrote Save it for the book, all right? Save it for the, save it for the tell-all. How you doing, pal? Good, good. I'm good. 
It's a rainy, cold night here in April, here in Baytown. April showers. You know what they say. Yes, April showers suck. They do. That's exactly what they say. Isn't that the old saying? April yes. suck. I'm tired of April showers. Uh, Cal, the Met game, uh, ra- the Metropolitans rained out tonight. I'm sure that's because they uh, went cheap on the bullpen. That's it. Uh, but we'll get to that in a while. Hey, and good news, uh, the Mets did not lose tonight. No. How about that? They did not win either, but they didn't lose. Well, you know. And the Phillies are losing, so they'll pick up a half a game. So all is right. Yankees rained out, too. This is one of those rare nights that the Mets and Yankees were both home. I think, uh, yeah, I know, which is really a slap in the in the face to the Mets, I think. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know the Yankees are going to draw. You know, the Mets, here they are, scrapping, struggling. We were there on Friday. We were there for the home opener. We're going to get to that in just a second. The number to call, 424-220-1817. We're going to talk a little bit about Mets and Yankees and baseball and stuff like that. We are going to talk about the Rangers and the Knicks. Uh, the locals in the playoffs at the same time for the first time in 214 years. Uh, back in colonial times, they were in the approximately, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. And uh, so we are going to talk about that later. But Cal, we were at the game on Friday, <coughs> the home opener. Yeah, we were. Not what you would call uh, a sellout. How's that word? No, no. Well, they they called it a sellout, but I, you know, there were a lot of people disguised as empty seats, as they say. Yes. What the Mets and Yankees in town this early in the season on the same night? I cry foul. Why? Because I don't think that's fair, Cal. I'll be honest with you. The Yankees are always going to draw right now. The Mets are struggling and scrapping uh, for attendance. And and had both those games been played, let's say, Cal, that the rain had held out. Okay. It's a disaster for the Mets. There would have been, you know, 7,000 people there tonight. And the Yankees would have had their sellout. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. I mean, who's who? How many people do you think are are, are sitting there saying, you know, I want to go to a baseball game tonight, but I'm not sure which one to go to. I have an option of two games. I, there, if you're either a Yankee fan or you're a Mets fan, or you're going to want to see the Yankees or the Mets, you're not choosing between the two. I don't think. So you're saying it's not like a Broadway show, like it's not like you know, Mamma Mia and Cats. Well, they never ran at the same time. Maybe they did, but that's not the point. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that the average fan has got tickets to one or the other. Exactly, or they have an interest in one or the other. It's not like they're choosing between the two. But Cal, is correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will, but isn't there a pretty large walk-up crowd early in the year for both these teams? Isn't isn't there a lot of, hey, I'm going to go to a ball game early in the year because the Mets aren't out of it yet? Or Yes, no? I agree, but but it's not the walk-up of, like I said, it's not somebody that's trying to decide between the Yankees and Mets. If you're going to a game, you know you're going to a Yankee game or you're going to a Met game. You're not choosing between the two. Okay, so my thinking that it's not fair is poppycock. I think I think it's a little egregious. All right, fair enough. All right, maybe, I, maybe I'm just a little overly sensitive, Cal. Well, that, that you are. Maybe all Met fans are a little overly sensitive right now. And I think we were witness to that on Friday at opening day at City Field, which, by the way, one thing I did notice, Cal, people like that place a lot more than they did three years ago when it opened. Oh, for sure. I heard a lot, a lot more uh, 
pleased customers. I heard a lot less about sight lines and I can't see the ball in play in the left field nook of a corner. And it's a Dodger stadium and there's not well, enough mess. Nah, up, 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 up. That didn't go away as much. I didn't hear that. Well, I, I heard it the next day with the Koufax jerseys. No, oh, well, yeah. Really? I mean, you got to sell Koufax jerseys there? Now, somebody said, Cal, maybe you know the answer to this, but there was a uh, this was an article on one of the Met blogs we read or whatever about, you know, the, uh, for those of you who don't know, there was a large outcry when uh, the Mets built City Field that it was in, uh, a tribute to, Dodger, uh, to Ebbets Field. And they would sell Brooklyn Dodgers stuff in there. And there's a particular annoyance about them selling Sandy Koufax stuff since he was 3-8 and eight as a Brooklyn Dodger. Right. And pitched his pretty much his entire career in Los Angeles after they already left, and yet they're selling Sandy Koufax jerseys in the gift shop, the baseball gift shop at City Field. Well, let's back up a minute, Steve. For those who don't know, the Wilpons, the Wilpon family that owns the Mets, Fred Wilpon grew up a Brooklyn Dodger fan, and went to school with Sandy Koufax and is went very close school. with him. Yes, he went to Lafayette High School in Brooklyn, very close with him. But that. Somebody said, Cal, though, that Aramark controls what is sold in the stores. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Was that not uh, – is that completely uh, – speaking of egregious? Aramark controls the food. <laughs> I know. Aramark <laughs> controls the hot dog that we're getting. It's a, it's a food vendor. It's exactly. not a merchandise vendor. That's – okay, good. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> right. What? When I went to St. John's, um, Aramark controlled the food at St. John's as well. In the in the in the, the union halls or whatever. In the in, in the cafeteria, yeah. The student union. The student union, yeah. It was Aramark was the one that provided the food. They weren't uh, supplying the the St. John's basketball jerseys. Yeah, no. I, whoever wrote this and and whoever wrote it on this one particular blog, it was in response. Just wrong. Somebody calling it out was like indignant too. He was like, "Of course." How many times? How many times do I have to tell you it's Aramark? They have nothing to do with it. They just sell jerseys that sell. So the, that, guy, the guy wrote back, if that's the case, how come there's not Derek Jeter jerseys all over <laughs> City Field? Like in the stores in City Field, that's the best-selling jersey. And why, would a, and why would a Sandy Koufax jersey sell? I know. <laughs> Who are you marketing to? I don't know. I don't know. Uh all I know is this, Cal. I think it was a much more enjoyable experience for the fans. They're used to the to the ballpark now. Uh, but the product, what we're hearing now, when we last left them, they were three and one, and we're off to this lovely start. Right. They have now lost five of six since then. Not great, Cal. No, not good at all. But the the, the running theme is that no difference than Jerry Manuel and Omar. Nope. I, I, what? What? Does that just make you as crazy as it makes me to read that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? What really makes me crazy is is how everybody has jumped on the line that Terry Collins uttered at the beginning of the season. How we're going to play the game the right way. We're oh. going to show the fans the right way to play the game. And now somehow, because they're four and six, they're not playing the game the right way. This is. I texted you and Doctor E. Ray about this. This is driving me crazy, Cal, for one simple reason, and that is playing the game the right way has nothing to do with physical errors. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
it has not, that game last night is you know they're not gonna they're they're, they're gonna they're not playing the game the right way or whatever. They made three physical errors. That's not throwing to the wrong base. They threw to the right base. They just threw it away. Right. To say that they're not playing the game the right way when they're making physical errors and or their pitchers are uh, relief pitchers are walking the ballpark. That has nothing to do with what Terry Collins said. Are they hustling? Yes. Are they not giving up? Absolutely. They came back again last night. I mean, they're trying. Sorry. No, it's okay. The fact fact that um, every person that comes off the bench can't hit the ball, that's not not playing the game the right way. Yeah, but you and I have disagreed on that a little bit about the bench. What have we disagreed on? I think it's horrible. You think the bench is horrendous. It's the worst bench I've ever seen in my life. Is it an utter disaster? <laughs> it's an utter disaster. All right, because you, as you well know, that's our qualification for uh, for things. That, that's the watermark. That's the if, if it's if it's that bad, it's an utter disaster. Correct. I do, I disagree. I think if the bench wasn't having to play every day and he wasn't shorthanded because they're carrying thirteen pitchers and he's got four uh, only four bench players and Harris has to play every day because Bay is still uh, nursing his ribs. Uh, I was going to say another female anatomy part, but I won't. Oblique. oblique. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the other. Only females have an oblique. That's correct. Uh, is <laughs> it wasn't Adam's apple? Um, yeah. No, but if that that bench wasn't having to play a lot, Cal. But you're 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 absolutely right about this. Don't latch on to this idea. And the other one that they love, Cal, is the um, that's what happens when you don't spend on the bullpen. Right. Right. What yeah. do you expect? You get what you pay for. Because only money equals bullpen success. We've seen that throughout baseball. Right. right. There are four teams, four teams that can out-hit a bad bullpen in Major League Baseball right now. You know, the Yankees are one of them. The Red Sox probably on any given night are one of them. Um, you can't out-hit a bad bullpen. And I got news for you. Probably 22 teams have suspect bullpens. Okay. The problem for the Mets and why they are who we thought they were, Danny Green style, their 500 ball club is that because they is because they will not be able to maintain a winning streak. Cal talked about this last year. Right, when your starting pitching is mediocre and your bullpen is uh, streaky and suspect and prone to implosion. You can never win six games in a row, seven games in a row. That's what first place playoff teams do. They put together streaks. They may not win 26 games you know, in a row, but they'll win 14 out of 18. You need good starting pitching to do that. And when your starting pitching falters, you need the bullpen to be there to pick it up. And you have to be able to out-hit when the starter gets shelled. Yankees, Yankees can do that. The Texas Rangers can do that. They get down 8-2 to two in the third inning. That game's not over. That, that game's just getting started, Cal. You yeah. know who else can do that? The Mets don't have that. The Rockies, Colorado Rockies can do that too. They're a good that's a, team. That's a nice team. Hey, you know what? This, this Carlos Gonzalez, where'd where he come from? Oof. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it for everyone. Uh, we're, 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 uh, Cal, tell the people what we're doing because we, we, we seem to, you know, let's not keep it that inside. We're, what are we doing? We're making fun. We're poking, we're poking fun. Um, Couple of a couple of lo- local radio hosts, you know, and and I guess in in their effort and and look, 
We've talked about this. We are not experts. We're just a couple of guys having fun talking sports. We are not trying to uh, – we're not proclaiming that we're experts and that we know things that the people listening don't know. And we're not trying to pass off what we know as like, you know, we're breaking news here. But a couple of guys here in New York, a couple weeks ago we had one who uh, – this is a quote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it actually. <laughs> mark, mark my words. That Buster Posey is going to be a beast. Mark my words. So this was, he said this last week. He said last week or the week before. It might have been like right before the season started. Right. But it wasn't, you know, last August. No, 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 no. no. 2010. No, no. no, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I left out the best part. Don't sleep on Buster Posey. Whatever you do. Who's sleeping Buster, Buster Posey? That guy's going to be a beast. Oh, my goodness. Was it, I guess the World Series wasn't on TV in New York, I no, guess. No, that was one. And then, and then today, or uh, yesterday, it was um, the Rockies have uh, Carlos Gonzalez, the underrated Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah. The underrated Carlos Gonzalez, who, you know, he's one of the best players in baseball. Who is this guy? But he's underrated. Yep. He's, watch out for him. Keep an eye. Keep an eye on Carlos Gonzalez. Keep an eye. Uh, well, it, look, the Mets have fallen to four and six. Uh, life is not great. The bullpen has thrown 38 innings in 10 games. Not good. No. They, good. They've, they've walked. You and I got a walk the other day, Cal. Yeah. Uh, it was like it was like the old days when Ollie P would pitch. Like every every third fan gets a walk. Horrible. I mean, Bobby Parnell is supposed to be the eighth inning guy, and he has just been he he's been an utter disaster. Yeah. Some good signs uh, are, you know, Jose Reyes is off to a very, very good start. That'll make him eminently tradable, Cal, because yeah. everybody's already decided we're not keeping him. Right, but let's 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 talk about Jose Reyes a little bit because Jose Reyes, he of the three fifty batting average, but how's he doing with runners in scoring position? How's he hitting? Not 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 great. No, I'm not. And I, I'm not looking for an actual stat from you. So well, Evan, not to, here. Well, that's yeah. So we 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 don't have any stats. That's right. We're 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 contractually obligated not to give stats when Evans not here. But we were um, we were at the game on Friday, and he came up in a big spot. He did. And 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 before you even blinked your eyes, he was down o two in the count. Let me set the stage for the listeners. Please, uh, Brian Calvian and I sitting out uh, as you know radio personalities do, or so we hear, because we're certainly not radio personalities. Sitting at the game on, on, on opening day, and uh, and sitting out in in center field, and uh, Cal turns to me as Reyes is coming up to the plate, second and third, Mets trailing by a, a run, one out, Cal, one out. Thank you. And Cal turns to me and says, "This is utterly predictable. He will absolutely strike out here. No, no hesitation." No, no ifs, ands, buts about it. He, he was so sh- – and when, then when it got to 0-2, he's si- simply sitting next to me with a smug grin on his face, a knowing, knowing grin. And when Jose Reyes waved meekly at a changeup from the Met killer, Tyler Clippard, yeah. uh, Cal just – he didn't have to say a word. Silence was golden. You know, it's and it's not something that I'm – happy about to be no. to be right but but you know you've seen it and 
it's an indictment on Reyes. And one of the things, and this is, I also told you this too, this is the way that I'm uh, dealing with his imminent departure, uh, is the fact that he, he is not clutch. He presses way too hard in important spots. Right. And his approach to the game is just, is, is mind boggling sometimes. He's, he's got, he's got all the talent in the world, but his approach and his, and his feel for the game is, is just non-existent. I I think it that has gotten better. I think as we've talked about a sixth tool, you know, they talk about the five tool player and uh which always makes my wife laugh by the way. Anytime that is said on a broadcast. Why? Just because it sounds funny. First of all, a tool in our parlance it was always like a geek. Like you're a derogatory a, tool. a derogatory. Yeah, you're like the guy's a tool. You know, like some people are not even a tool, they're like the whole tool shed. You know, so a five-tool player would really be. So she hears five-tool player and she's cracking up. She's <laughs> like, "Wow, that guy's a geek." Woof. So, uh, but I've long thought that there is a uh, just one of the many, many things my wife finds amusing about my love of sports. Uh, but I've always thought there's sort of a six-tool for a ball player, and that's baseball instincts. You know, I agree. and 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 Reyes. It does not seem to really have that six two. But Cal, look, he's off to a great start. I've resigned myself to the fact that they're not going to be able to keep him uh, because there's no way they're giving him six years and 120 million dollars, 115 million dollars. Just not going to happen. Uh, and so hopefully he is lights out, and they are able to get a ton of prospects from the Red Sox for him. <laughs> and he, no, and he goes to the Red Sox and he torments the Yankees for the next five years, and you know uh, away we go, bink, 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 boom, 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 and uh, he's a Red Sox. Well, let me ask you something: Would you do you want them to trade him to the Red Sox, or would you be okay keeping him for the rest of the year and then letting him go and taking the draft picks for him? No, I want the trade. If if we're not going to sign him back. Then, well, the, then get me somebody who's close to major league ready. I, I, enough, you know what I mean. The only, the only reason why I suggest that is because the trade would be such a traumatic blow to the team, to the franchise, to the fan base. Is you know, is it worth putting everybody through that? How much more traumatic? This is a team that traded Tom Seaver, Cal. Well, yeah, but but well, that's an excellent, excellent point. That's a generation ago now. Right. Do you do you remember the day they traded Tom Seaver? I was three. Right. So no. <laughs> no. Were you, did did you write to Dick Young <laughs> when you were three years old? I know who they got in the trade. Four guys. Who they got? Pat Zachary, Steve Henderson, Doug Flynn, and oh, I always blank on the fourth guy. Oh, uh, Norman. Right. Yeah. Which Norman? Dan. Dan Norman. Right. Wow. Uh, well, speaking of which, Cal, we're going to have Shackner <laughs> on, Dan Shackner from SNY's Beer Money, and he's going to ask us some of these questions. So that was a nice little warm-up. Look, I, 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 I want to get off the Mets. I want to get yeah, off the please, Mets. Please, please. Let's talk about the Yankees. They're, they are who we thought they were. But they're almost unwatchable 10 games into the season already. And we let them off the hook. Can I just, before we get to the Yankees, can I just bring in Pop Culture PJ, our producer, for one quick second? No. Please? Let me just bring him in here. Uh, PJ. All right. 
Hi, PJ. You're going to need to talk. I'm so glad you're operating the board. We're going to need you to be a little louder, buddy. Hi. <laughs> For those of you out there uh, who don't know, this is our producer this evening, uh, Pop Culture PJ. He's also been on the program on the Fun Load. Uh, we had a good time a couple episodes ago talking about Live Aid, and uh, he declared Queen the greatest stadium band of all time. Peach, I just I bring you in for Undisputed. a second. Undisputed. Undisputed. No one stopped me on the street and talk about that yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like gospel then. Uh, Thank you. Pidge, uh, Pidge, I want to ask you, just before we get to the Yankees, I, I want you to tell the listeners what you think Chicago's 25 or 6-4 to four is about. Oh, wait. No, you can't. Never mind. It's a family what? show. Is it now? <laughs> I think you can get away with that. We'll, we'll we'll take it out if you if you. What do you think it's about? Um, Terry Kath had ruled uh, twenty five speed packets, <laughs> and uh, was wondering to himself whether to keep them all for himself or whether to distribute them to his friends. And it was either twenty five or six to four. And that's what it means. So basically, your interpretation of Chicago's uh, 25 or 6 to 4 is a long division problem about packets of speed. Oh, no, I said packets of seed. I was, I was trying to speak. Oh, seed! Oh, seed! Oh, seed. Yes. Oh! Grass, grass seed. Jamaican <laughs> grass seed. This is, uh, Cal, it could also be pretzel rods. This is the conversation we were having two minutes before we were about to come on the air. It wasn't sports, folks. And I was trying to explain uh, that I thought it was about not being able to sleep. You know, searching for the light of break of day and blah, 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 25 or 6 to 4. You're looking at the clock, and it's 25 minutes or 26 minutes to 4 o'clock in the morning. Cal? You no, I, I never I never considered any of the other, other lyrics. Maybe, Maybe I should. You might want to take the verses into account. I had only taken the one line on its own. <laughs> this makes more sense than it being being uh, you're sleep deprived. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, PJ. We'll talk to you in <laughs> So, uh, PJ, brilliant. What's the, no? We were. This was the conversation we were having, and it was very interesting. Cal. Uh, it's, ama- it's amazing what happens like in the two minutes before we we go live. A couple weeks ago, you had to take a call about uh, Girl Scout cookies. We had the Girl Scout cookies. Right, we had Cookie Gate, and now this week uh, we're playing Kurt Loader. And can I be Mark Goodman? You can be JJ Jackson. I want to be Martha Quinn. Yeah, and Martha who's the other Quinn. One? Nina Blackwood. She was the fifth. That's right. And you know what came to me the other day for some inexplicable reason? You remember remote control? Uh, yeah, with Ken, the late Ken Ober. The late Ken Ober, oh, that's right. The Quizmaster 72. Whooping Cough Lane. From Whooping Cough Lane, Ken Ober. That's where Colin Quinn and Adam Sandler got their starts. That's right. That's right. Remote control. Gosh. 424-220-1817, the number to call. We are live. This is Ready to Unload with Colin Sampy. We just finished talking about the Mets. Enough. Now, Cal, uh, before we get to the Yankees, and then we have Dan Schachner coming on the program in a couple of minutes. Uh, oh, wait, to... oh, oh, wait, wait. What? Wait. 
Wait, what? We need to address your this blatant book. rule five-ism. <laughs> we need to address this. Because we were at the game on Friday and we were talking about this. And I kept trying to push Brad Emus. You know, watch him. He's good. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. And you flat out refused to give him a chance. I accused you of being a rule fiveist. I am. I am a rule. I'm a. I'm a rabid rule fiveist. Yeah. Pedro Beato. I won't even look at him. Card carrying member. Uh, Dan Ugla. Won't have him on any of my fantasy teams. I just don't understand it. Uh, a rule five. Why don't you in, tell me? In this day and age. <laughs> in this day and age. Have you? Have you not been taught tolerance? <laughs> look. Don't push your politics on me, man, okay? <laughs> next, you're going to tell me they, they should have their own draft. <laughs> That's what you're going to tell me next. That these refugee ball players, I that they're, they're wandering around the waiver wire. I, I tell you what, Emus, not so much. Not on my team. No. Daniel Murphy, my friend. I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking, but not because I'm anti-Rule 5. But because you're... I'm, I'm becoming anti-Emus. <laughs> oh, totally different thing. Like I'm just starting that. to hate the player. That's what it is. <laughs> not the Rule 5 so much. <laughs> uh, Cal, the Yankees uh, rolling right along. Welcoming uh, the Baltimore Orioles into town this weekend, that'll, or this week. That'll be interesting with Baltimore in first place. Yeah, strange. Uh, you know, we've seen this sort of early... Uh, thing. Look at the standings, Cal. The Indians. By the, the way, Indians were eight and two. I told you about what. I, I who had the Indians as the over. I don't know who has two thumbs and had the Indians as the over. This guy, Cal. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You did. I told you why though. It's only because I have that one friend who's a ridiculous Indians fan who listens to the show every once in a while, and I don't want him to be mad. Well. He's now a, he's now he's happy on so many levels. Yes. Well, they've won eight in a row. <laughs> now there's row. now there's a good example though. How are they winning eight in a row with that pitching staff? Mirrors. Completely flying in the face of my sustainable winning streak theory. Um. Now, so but the Yankees rolling along very early. We talked about the Jeter stuff. Uh, Derek Jeter off to a bit of a slow start. We'll see what I I, I want to wait till next week. We'll talk about that more, Cal. And see what's going on with uh, with Derek Jeter. See if he picks it up. Blah blah blah. But baseball going around the league. There are a lot of teams doing well that we didn't think were, do, were going to do well, like the Indians. We talked about the Orioles. You know, Buck Showalter's really changed the culture down there. Josh Hamilton gets hurt today, uh, today Cal, during a day game against the Tigers. Yeah. What what happened? Hey, what happened? Two well, two two major injuries in the last two days. Um, Hamilton today. Raphael Fercal yesterday. Um, both injured. Trying to slide head first. Yeah, I saw that somebody like tweeted that, right? Yeah, yeah. I so, so it was. Are, are we not supposed to slide head first anymore? Well, I, I didn't see the for Cal slide, so I can't comment on that. Uh, but Hamilton sl- slid head first into home plate, and that's always dangerous. Now that's different. But if you're yeah. just saying two major injuries because people slid head first, it's baseball. Yeah, I'm, but. I mean, couple- it's a coincidence. But Hamilton split it first into home plate, and you shouldn't. Well, you know, no, I was do that. 
I was about to, yeah, I was about to get all preachy and afternoon specialish on you, but you're supposed to. You you almost went McCarver on us there too. I, I did. Be very careful. You're really about to delve into Valentine Lane. Yeah, I got to be careful with that. No, but, but you're 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 right. You're not supposed to slide. I mean, not that's into home plate. I I have no problem if you're going to slide head first into a base. It can be dangerous play into into home plate. It is, yeah. On home plate, it's, it's it's very dangerous. So what happened in the game today with Hamilton is that Hamilton got thrown out trying to score uh, trying to score from second on a hit to the outfield, um, hurt himself, and then after the game threw his third base coach completely under the bus nice. by saying he why why do you send somebody in that spot? It's a stupid baseball move. Did he really? Yeah, I got to find the quote. Wow, that's a bad job. I gotta find the quote. I mean, I, I'm gonna cut him some slack because he's he's upset right now. He's gonna miss six to eight weeks. He's had, you know, he had a lot of uh, minor injuries last year. Had a little trouble staying on the field and stuff like that. We all know about his past and and staying on the field in that regard. Uh, he seems to have whipped those demons and 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 talk about natural talent, Cal. There are a oh. few guys in the game that have as much natural talent as Josh Hamilton does. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just watch him take BP is is. Utterly joyful, and it brings to mind the old adage about left-handed swings and right-handed swings. And for some reason, the left-handed baseball swing is just so much better looking <laughs> than the right-handed swing. It's just there's a reason the natural was a lefty. You yeah. know, uh, it's just it's a better looking swing. But uh, I don't know. I don't know why. It just is. It's just more fluid. I I don't. I can't explain it either. But if you take Will Clark's swing. And you take, you know, and you take like, who's a great right-handed hitter? Uh, well, Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez. Okay, that's great. Right. Well, I don't want to put Will Clark and Manny Ramirez's, but let's. Well, Will Clark was a lefty. That's what I'm saying. But he had such a beautiful, ridiculously fluid swing. Oh, okay. I see what you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And Manny Ramirez may be the best, one of the best right-handed hitters in the last 50 years. Uh, and it's maybe just, ever. Right, and it just doesn't look and and goodbye, Manny, who retires rather than Weird. rather than face a suspension. Very strange. Doctor Iray broke that for us at the game. We it were at the game on Friday, and he texted us as if it was like breaking news. Like it was like <laughs> all ships at sea, Manny retires. <laughs> but the that. best, but the best is we're sitting there, and you say, "Oh, Doctor Iray is breaking some news," and I said, "Well, what's the news?" I'll tell you after this pitch. That's right. <laughs> and you made me wait a pitch. Well, we were watching the game. <laughs> I'm well trained. That was good. Uh, but, it, you know, it, the left-handed swing is very fluid. Anyway, I can forgive Hammy a little bit there uh, because he's he's pissed off, you know? Like he just saw six to eight weeks of his season go. You don't want to throw a coach under the bus. Yeah, at, well, you, that's time. the whole point. You can't say that. He's mad, though, Cal. Cut him some slack. But why is that Okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that, you know, cut, cut, now if he comes out tomorrow and says, and another thing, he's ugly, and <laughs> he has no place in baseball, and I heard that he's a sloppy dresser. You know, whatever. Like, if he rips on him tomorrow, okay. I'm sure he'll come out tomorrow and be like, you know what, I was just annoyed, and and I was I was bitter about getting hurt and stuff, and he's a great guy, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure he will uh, atone for that. I'm sure. I hope so. I'm trying to find the quote because I hope so too. Because I'm really concerned with the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Why? I'm not. I'm not. I got my own oh, problems right here in Flushing. 
I see sarcasm. The scene is in Flushing. We're going to be joined, Cal, in a couple of minutes. So before we get to uh, – and see if you can find that quote. Boy, boy when Dr. E-Ray is not here. Oh, my God. It's, it's taking me <laughs> to try to find it. Yeah. Pop Culture PJ I'm only, I'm only... is a fantastic producer, but he does not do stats. It's like he gave us a list of things he will not do. <laughs> it's like I don't do Windows. I will not do uh, – it was almost like a porn star going on like uh, Howard Stern. I, I don't do this. I don't do that. Uh, and, and one of them is uh, he does not do statistics. I'm half paying attention to you because I that's, – that's, uh, that's, that's a lovely sentiment. Well, you're cutting out now, so God is punishing you. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> the radio gods are, are punishing Okay, I got it. I got it. Hey, you ready? Hey, yes. <laughs> better, this better be good. All right, so the quote, the first quote is, it was just a stupid play. Oh, hold on. <laughs> wow. Where is Dr. E. Ray when you need him? Covering yourself in glory at this point. It was just a stupid play, Hamilton said. I definitely shouldn't have done it. Okay? Yeah. And then he says, I listened to my third base coach. That's a little too aggressive. The whole time I was watching the play, I was listening. He said, nobody's at home. Nobody's at home. I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. Something's going to happen. But I listened to my coach. And how do you avoid a tag the best? By going in head first and get out of the way and get in there. That's what I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, What a storyteller. You like that? Josh Hamilton is. Boy, he really set the scene. I just closed my eyes, Cal, and let him take me there. You can almost picture the scene, right? <laughs> That's right. I can almost picture this. Yeah, I can just close my eyes, and there I am at the ballpark in Arlington. I can just you see it who, all. You know who the third base coach is? Oh, don't tell me. Who 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 you got? Give me somebody good. Oh, he, I mean, it's not that great. Uh, former Dodger infielder Dave Anderson. <laughs> you're right. That's not great. I thought <laughs> you were going to come with a, a, a solid Willie Randolph or somebody. No. Windmill Nobody Willie. Good. Nobody that good. Conspiracy theory. Could have been like an ex-Yankee. Right. You know, like Tony Pena. Tony, well. Hasn't Tony Pena, uh, no, you know who's been a third base coach for 27 years? Larry Boa? Besides Larry Boa. <laughs> Fine, Larry Boa's one. Not who Sam, I was thinking of. Sam Perlazzo? Perlazzo, yes. No. Jose Okendo. He has been, well, he's always been with Tony La Russa. Right. So he's been, but he's been a coach since he was like 21. He came up when he was 18, and he only had like a three-year career. Yeah, he did He did get right into coaching, didn't he? Right. PJ has just typed us the other things he won't do. Uh, should we read this, Cal? Uh, let me look at it to make sure it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, PJ, our producer this evening, uh, a list of things he won't do. He, he doesn't. He's do, so mercurial. <laughs> he doesn't do stats. He doesn't do anecdotes about the players he's met. He won't tell the story about when Steinbrenner tried to pick him up, and he is not giving out recipes. So this is what we were presented with when we asked him if he would produce for the night. It's it's a very strange list. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if any of those things would have come up. It was all part of my rundown. Right. He was not going to gamble, though. He was certainly not going to gamble. Uh, Peach. Uh, Peach. And, uh, Cal... Also, uh, with Major League Baseball, and I guess we'll, you know what we'll do the Ranger and Nick stuff uh, at the end because I think Dan's going to join us uh, uh, for 
however long we talk for, but I think we'll have some time at the end of the show. So we'll do the Ranger and Nick stuff at the end. Uh, the Garden's going to be hopping. Yeah, finally. Both, both teams in the playoffs. Uh, but w- with the baseball, just real quick again, uh, lastly, with the Yankees, somebody proffered the idea that maybe because this that starting rotation is uh, still suspect – that the Yankees are no more than an 83 and and also I got to say also because the Orioles are better uh or or you know look to be so much better you know the Red Sox are going to put things together um even though they're off to a 2 and 8 start as are the Rays but somebody proffered because of that staff and because of the Orioles being better that the Yankees are an 84 win team is is that remotely possible? Well, let me let me answer your question with a question. Oh, I love that. Was this the same fellow that implied that Aramark was responsible for <laughs> merchandise at, at City Field? Because it's about it's about as implausible. <laughs> it it was not. Okay. It's crazy, Steve. That's crazy. So there's no way this thing falls apart and they win 84 games. Absolutely not. There's no way this team wins less than 90 games. It's impossible with that offense that they have and that the the fact that they have the wherewithal to go out and get whoever they want on July 31st. I just I just did the hold the phone. Up uh, uh they have to have a willing trade partner, Cal. They listen. Yes, they have they have the wherewithal to get whoever they want, but they have to have a willing trade partner. They can get they can get whoever they want if if the other team is willing to give it to them. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> they weren't they weren't uh able to get Cliff Lee last year. Uh no. I'm just saying, why is it well, out of the realm of possibility, Cal? Why is it out of the realm of possibility for that team to only win 84 games? You think they could? You think that could happen? <clears throat> the way that Phil Hughes, uh, A.J. Burnett, Ivan Nova, Ivan Nova, Drago, whatever, okay, and Bartolo Colon, the other four guys on that staff, why is it guaranteed that they're going to win 95 games? I didn't say they're going to win 95 games. They're not going to win less than 90, though. Okay. Did you I, all right. Anything is possible. I'll, I'll give you that. Anything is possible. I'm just wondering after, uh, obviously, again, we're only 10 games in. Yeah, I mean, we can't be making those proclamations now. I'm not saying they're going to win 84 games. I just merely, somebody threw it out there, and I wanted to see if you thought it was crazy talk. I think it's crazy talk, but I will give you that it is a possibility. Okay. It's a remote well, possibility, but it it could happen. Okay. So so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. That's fair, though, right? That is fair. There's, a, I'm just saying there's a chance. All right, Cal. <laughs> now, let's welcome to the program, to Ready to Unload, the co-host of SNY's Beer Money, uh, and an old friend of ours, and a really great guy, Great all-around fella, Dan Shackner. Dan, welcome to the program, my friend. 
gentlemen, how are you guys? We are doing great. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, pal. And, are you uh, kidding? Thanks to you guys. This is uh, That's the best introduction I've ever had. Probably the <laughs> highlight of my career. Uh, wow. I, honestly, I'm going to ask for a recording of this and play it for my grandkids, and this is it. All downhill from here, right? Said, there goes Dan Shackner, the yeah. greatest host that ever lived. This was it. You are at the su- We're at the summit right now, and just keep playing that music through everything I say, and it'll just sound <laughs> majestic and heroic. Um, thank have, you, guys. I have this set to fade out, Dan. You have about another 20 seconds. Well, oh, that's not going to be enough time to tell you my life story. But that's all right. No, honestly, when I called in and your screener, I forget, what's his name, RJ? DJ? I think, I think it's RJ. It's RJ, yeah. Your screener said, I got to put you in the queue. I, I was I was nervous. I honestly, like, my heart got a little flutter, and I'm like, this is a big moment for me. I can't mess this up. I, I you know. We we are we are ecstatic to have you, my friend. It's been a long time since you and I have spoken. Uh, and, has. Con- and congrats on your child. I, I know that it's not sports related, but we are going to talk a little bit about kids tonight in sports. So you know, I figured I'd bring it. Thank in you, now. thank you, and and allow me to say congrats on your children. <laughs> it hasn't well, been well, that long. It has. It really. It's been over five years. It really has. It's crazy. It has. We, you know, for the listeners who don't know or don't care, but we're going to tell them anyway, uh, Steve and I knew each other as actors back in the day, uh, many, many moons ago. That's correct. We were doing uh, a show in 1984 at a, <laughs> uh, at a small theater in Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, we were playing, uh, uh, I can't say what we were playing, but <laughs> the word lovers. No. We were um, lovers. Yeah, we were we were eight year old lovers, and it, this was before any of the child labor laws and unions were in effect. So, it was just us, you know, basically working for the love of it, right? Yeah, that was uh, it. That was a hell of a show. That was a hell of a yeah. show. Both our parents squandered all of our earnings, so now That's we're. Correct. You've got to do this, you know. You've got to do this blog sports thing, and I've got to host a silly show on SNY so <laughs> right. to earn our rent. Speaking of the silly show on SNY, I did. Yeah. Before we get to beer money, though, I got to say this. A couple months ago, I guess it's a couple months ago. It's got to be – maybe it was even last summer mm-hmm. when I when I saw the toilet paper commercial. I was afraid Dan, to bring that up. I, I have to bring it up. It's magnificent. Thank you. I almost I, tackled my wife. You know, she was uh, pregnant at the time, so I didn't. But, right. So <laughs> no. good on you for not tackling your wife. Uh, did you buy the toilet paper? Is my is my next? Of course question. I bought the. To- Are you kidding me? Then good on you for buying the toilet paper. So it was a win-win. You didn't hurt your wife, and you got some nice product with my face it, on it. it. That's exactly right. You you might as well have invented uh, sliced bread for my wife. Who <laughs> is tries to be uh, so very green, and she's great at it or whatever. And she's been yeah. saying this for years, for years. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's a new generation of toilet paper. There are no tubes now or in Scott in Scott. I can't believe I'm sitting here doing a commercial for Scott <laughs> Scott Towels when we're supposed to be talking sports. But yeah, I do I I'm an actor and I do commercials and I also so every now and then I will pop up on a commercial for Scott uh toilet paper or paper towels. That's correct. Yeah. And, and to be honest, no, seriously though, Dan, I love seeing it, man. It's it's always uh Awesome to see you, you know, get a national or something like that because I know how hard you work, and I know how Thanks. hard you've been working, and I know you've been in the business for a really long time. Okay. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Cal, so, is, Cal is here too. 
Hey, Dan. Yeah, Cal, we've never met except for right now, so hi, nice to meet you. How's it going? Nice to meet you, too. I've heard a lot about you, and I've seen the commercial as well. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so. so now, yeah. Dan, Dan, how do you how does how does beer money happen? I know you you you've hosted other things before. You had been a host on HGTV and stuff like that. How does yeah. how does beer how did beer money come about? How did it come your way? It's kind of neat. Um, it, this really is my dream job. I got to be honest because it, it never before in my life have I, I was you know I was an actor right out of college. Uh, did theater as as Steve knows I did, and both Steve and I did some crappy crappy shows back in the day, just trying to get noticed, <laughs> recognized, and some sort of representation. Um, I, right after doing theater, I got into commercials and voiceovers and uh, a little bit of hosting. Uh, I hosted a show for HGTV called Curb Appeal. I did that for almost four years, and then I did uh, a couple of pilots that never got seen, but, you know, got me some exposure uh, within the industry. And then finally, uh, my my hosting agent, who uh, his name's Tony Burton, he's a great guy. He said, "Hey, you know, Beer Money's looking for a new host," and it's one of those. It was just like any other audition. I'm like, "This would be great. Probably not going to happen. They're probably casting a very wide net, you know, and they're just seeing me as a courtesy." But man, I went in, and, and then I got a call back, and the next thing I knew, I, I was the host, taking over for Chris Carlin, who, you know, you guys know Chris Carlin, and. Um, uh, you know his work and he did a great job on the show all those years but he got a promotion essentially and they just needed a new male host um so yeah so th but for me this is honest to god this really is the dream job because i'm able to do i'm able to use my skills if you call them skills <laughs> that i've learned you know whatever whatever it is that actors do we can speak and read um <laughs> what i've been able to use those skills and then use basically tap into my passion that I've had since I was a kid for baseball. You know, I had some holes to fill because my knowledge of, say, NHL is not good. Mm. Um, you know, but thankfully there aren't too many questions about the Rangers or the Islanders or, you know, uh, or the Devils. But, you know, with the exception of NHL, I can hang with football. I can hang a little with basketball. Baseball is my wheelhouse. Um, so, thankfully, this is very, very, very much – a, uh, a town where that loves baseball and appreciates baseball. So actually, if you watch the show, you'll notice over fifty percent of the questions are are Mets or Yankees questions, and yeah. the rest well, seem to yeah seem to fall into like you know Jets, Giants, a little bit of Knicks, and that's about all. Dan, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the show. How do how do you choose the bars or the locations that you go to to ask these questions? Yeah, there there's a there's a good. It's a small team, but there's a team of guys who go out and, um, you know, they just put feelers out. They, they're just from, I guess, either word of mouth or having been there. You know, they find places that are sports-related because that, that's the thing. So many, you know, I find myself now walking by bars in the city going, well, that would be good for beer money. It's just a, right. a good-time <laughs> sports bar. You know, it's just yeah. like a, a place with 50 plasma TVs and, you know, lots of counter space and good-looking girls and, uh, you know, and, and just a big open space that's easy to shoot in. And, and so that's basically they go out and they scout out places, and then, you know, we wound up there for a night or two or, or three. Right. Um, and and, and I, I remember when this show first came on the air with Carlin, who you look so much like. I know. Uh, <laughs> they were typecasting again. <laughs> like, obviously, they have one type in mind. 
No, I'm convinced. Clearly. I'm convinced that when people watch the show who know Carlin and have been used to the show all these years, they think I'm just some idiot who's taking over for Carlin <laughs> when he has to go take a dump or so. You know, right. like oh, Carlin has to go to the bathroom. Let's just let this schlep from the side of the bar take over for a minute. Right. Because I really, exactly. I, I yeah, it's so bizarre to see that. You know, I did get to interview him though. Um, they, they had yeah. A, yeah, you saw that. A lot of yeah. fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, he looks like. I mean, he's that was a good interview and stuff like that. And he's he seems to be. I guess when you you know when you have as they've said about Carlin for, uh, Chris Carlin for years or the continent as they used to call him um, mm-hmm. that you know you sort of have a face for radio and uh, yeah. you know the, the old Howie Rose syndrome and yeah, he's well, made a, you know, a fantastic career on TV. He it is pretty amazing. And now he's doing the pre and post, and uh, yep. he's you know he's was report during spring training. He was down at Port St. Lucie. I mean he. Yeah, he's really become a true on can, of course, loudmouth. Yeah, he's he's done a really good job for himself as far as getting himself. And I think the bottom line with Carlin is that not only does he know his stuff, but yeah. um, he has this sort of boundless energy and passion for the sport that kind yeah. of comes out with almost every word he says. So uh, he's yeah, he's fun to watch in spite he's of. He's very likable. Yeah, he is. And I think he's very smooth, and he was a good role model for me. But it's funny. When I took over this year, they said one of the things they said to me, which I found surprising, was um, that Carlin was, you know, like, we want you to be a little funnier and a little bit – like, Carlin almost wasn't funny enough, which he he is. I think he's super smooth. But um, – I can you know, see that, just, though. I can see, I, I see what they're saying. They wanted it, like, a little goofier, a little wackier and all that. Yeah. I'm not sure why. But, yeah. Yeah, sometimes Carlin was a little too sober um, as he yeah, was interviewing. <laughs> now, and and this, I was I was I was saying before Dan, like when this uh, show first came on, it was such a, like a no brainer. Like it seemed like the equation is so obvious, right? That you know, let's let's have a game show where we go into uh, bars in New York, ask people trivia questions about local teams, and give them like twenty bucks to buy beer. Exactly. Like, I mean, this is this is like this should have been a four minute pitch meeting at SNY. No, I, I mean a twelve year old could have invented this show. <laughs> That's right. This is I, you know, Dan. I had a conversation with somebody today about cowboys and aliens. Yeah. And and about how like was that a five minute? Not even it was a forty five second pitch meeting. Yeah, of course. <laughs> cowboys, yeah. aliens, Harrison Ford. Let's let's do this. You know what? Don't even talk. Just draw me a picture. Because I'll get it. Yeah, cowboy Indian. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cowboys, aliens, Harrison Ford. I want to be in bed with you. Let's make this picture. Done. Yeah. And that's probably what what beer money was. You know. Yeah. Who the hell? Yeah. But what it is? It's funny. It is filler programming for SNY, of which they need a lot of. Um, If you ever, you know, if you watch the channel on say like one o'clock in the afternoon, which sadly I do sometimes. And the fact is that, like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's really. It's one of those shows that you can flip around, and if you catch it, you, it will kind of keep you on the channel for a few minutes. You may not stay the whole half hour, but you'll watch a few minutes and, you know, you know, see, see, try to stick around for the $130 question and see if you can play along. So it, it is one of those shows that will grab you for a moment. So, yeah. yeah. Now, Dan, is that real money? Is that their yeah, real money? It's real cash. it's real cash that we get. Uh, they give me quite a lot of money. They, they do trust me with, yeah, quite a lot at the beginning of the night. <laughs> They clearly um, don't know you very well. There's probably a guard at the door. I just haven't seen him. Uh, and the fact is that you, the hardest, the hardest thing about it really is separating the hundreds from the twenties and the ten. You know, because you go, you know, either ten dollar question, then you're twenty, and then you're hundred. And um, it's just, it's the hardest thing. And, and Carlin was the master of it. Of just, here's the deal. 
I'm kind of responsible for my own money, which I suspect is the producers this year going, <laughs> we've got new blood who doesn't know how this, I'm just going to give him all the cash and have him deal with it. So every time I have to hand over cash to someone, it's this awkward little dance between my hand and the money and my <laughs> and my pocket and the and the question card. And you'll see. I'm, <laughs> sometimes I do it well, and sometimes I'm, I'm you know I look like I'm anyway. I, I, I look like I don't even belong on TV. Carlin, if you watched him in years past, he, I don't know. It, it's this just goes to show how powerful he was. He would simply hold his hand out off camera. A PA would hand him the money, and then he'd come back in. He didn't have to do a thing. He parked himself on a bar stool for wow. pretty much three hours a night, and would have contestants brought over to him. He'd hold out his hand when the money had to be brought over, and he'd just hand. Best more women, in television. More wine, kill another yeah. pig. Yeah. Exactly. But we need to make... They make me work a little bit, uh, which ain't so bad. It's it's all right. So, yeah, it's real cash. And sometimes you get people who, you know, are, I don't know, they're a little bit nuts about winning and a little angry when they don't. So it's kind of fun. Well, how, how do you – do you do you actually pick the contestants or – No, again, they have a – they kind of have like a screener team, much like you and RJ. Uh, we, <laughs> we have our own RJ who is – he basically – has is the main contact with the bar, you know, the the bar manager and all that, and they go in first and they kind of set up the cameras and the lights, of which there aren't many. It's just two, but um, yeah, he'll just go in and kind of just scout out a couple of people and get three or four people, line them up and say, you know, hey, we're doing the show. Would you like to be on it? And the only thing he's looking for is that if someone claims to be a Giants fan, that they that they know at least the ten dollar question. So that there's not a complete waste of time for everybody, you know, right. when we show up with the two cameras, and so that's his job. Otherwise, I would be, you know, I'd be going up to people saying, "Hey, you want to win some money?" Yes, of course I do. Do you know your Islanders? <laughs> of course I do. Name <laughs> me one Islander right now. I can't. Okay, goodbye. You know, <laughs> so that's it's their job to go out and find, you know, people who somewhat know their stuff. And every now and then right. you get the geniuses who really blow you away with their encyclopedic knowledge, and that's that's again the fun part of it too. Right. Now, has anybody ever gotten a little? I mean, are there outtakes of people getting like super pissed? Or I'm trying to think because you, yeah, you had you mentioned this to me um, a few days ago. I there's one, and it wasn't an outtake; it aired, and I'm, I can't even remember if they've aired if they've aired this episode. But there was a couple who it was late at night, and this was a lesson to us to not shoot too late at night because the later you go, the drunk drunker they get. So now we actually have now, as a result, I think, of this couple, uh, shoot early during happy hour, which is a much right. better time to shoot. Um, <laughs> and it was late. It was like 10 or 11, and it was a couple, and they were um, – let, let's just say they'd had one too many. And they had, got, they had gotten to the $130 question, lost it, did not get the question. I had to take my money back. And the, the guy was generally okay with it, but his girlfriend would not – basically would not – give the money and I had to grab it from her hand and it became two six-year-olds like fighting over a piece of candy <laughs> on camera and I was like well oh. no I really should and she you know just pulled that thing back and and it was it was it was not pretty it was not right. pretty and I, but the point is I finally did yank it from her but it was it was completely unsatisfying you know I, I it was like <laughs> I, I felt like I was wounding her when I took the money but it wasn't good it wasn't good right you want um, to demand satisfaction yeah, I think I, I, it would have been more fun if I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, the white cruel. gloves? By the end, right. it just felt cruel. You know, if you had just tuned in at that moment, you'd see me, you know, pulling money away from the <laughs> right. woman, like a woman who was sad and dejected. 
right. besides that, no, generally people, because, you know, generally people when they're on the show, they know the show or at least have a general idea. So they, you know, if they lose, it's okay. You know, they're they're kind of like, eh. Um, uh, no. Wah, wah. Right. Yeah, there's not there's not too too much fighting. Um I find right. well, that I people that, do... I I I was just gonna say that I think it's smart yeah. that they you guys keep the stakes where you keep them. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean like nobody's really gonna get too crazy over it's like watching uh you know the the cab uh cash cab. Cash cab. You know what I mean? That like people I mean the stakes get a, a lot higher on that show or whatever, but like people are not gonna go crazy over thirty bucks. You know, like Correct. They're going to be cool about it. If you're like, and now for $2,000, you right. know, who played first base for the Yankees in 1981, you know, people are going to tend to get a little upset. Exactly. Uh, now, uh, I, you have a co-host. We would be Amber remiss if, if we did not mention your co-host. Her name is Amber Wilson. She's a lovely lady. She seems uh, like a delight. Yeah, yeah, I worked with her once, well, twice. We did promos for the show once, and then we did a beer fest out in uh, Governor's Island. Um, <clears throat> she's lovely. She's pleasant. Uh, funny Amber Wilson story for you, though. Please. And um, it's more funny, haha, about me and how sad uh, my life is than it is really about her. <laughs> they Even we, better. Uh, yeah, about, I don't know, a couple of weeks after the show started airing in uh, in the fall, I got a call uh, from uh, my agent saying, you know, SNY would like your uh, your home number, you know, your t- your cell phone number rather, um, and some information about you, a little bit of your bio and stuff. And uh, I said, okay, great. Well, why? Well, they're going to pass it on to WFAN, um, the fan, because yeah. Boomer and Carton are are researching you guys. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Terrific. <laughs> so you know, and they're researching both you and. Uh, both you and Amber. So okay, terrific. So I, I give my give my information and patiently sit by the phone for a day or two or three or four. <laughs> Nothing happens. And about five days later, um, I I open up the news, Daily News, and I see that uh, that uh, Amber Wilson was on the Boomer Carter <laughs> show, right? <laughs> and talking about beer money yeah. like that. It was just great. Now, why they would go for a Buxom, beautiful blonde on the show, it. and not me makes no sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Can you guys, as radio hosts, shed any light on this? <laughs> we don't do that kind of radio, uh, Dan. You know what I mean? Right. We're, 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 that's why we have you on the show and not her. Well, <laughs> like, and you know, no rating. Like I told you, this is the highlight of my. Career. This is what it's, you know, this is what it's come to. Uh, no, it was it was funny. It was a funny moment because like, and then she they had her on the show, and the poor kid, you know, she was trying to like play beer money with them, and they, you know, they weren't playing along, and you know, in the end, I, I guess I felt kind of bad for her, um, but yeah, so she right. made it on the Boomer and Carton show, and uh, and I didn't, but you know, well, maybe. as 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 R J just typed, coming up on Boomer and Carton, the Scott Toilet Paper Guy. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the uh, the promo, Dan. Uh, let me. Uh, do you have some beer money questions for us? Like we and we yeah. haven't we haven't scripted this at all. And then if you have a couple minutes no. after that, I really want to talk about the 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 kid stuff. But um, I do too. I really do too. Um, I, yeah. Okay. So here's you know it's funny because I asked Lou, our our writer researcher, to send over the unused Mets questions from this year, from this past season. Nice. I suspect reading them over. You know, some of these have been used, but it's because po- I just remember the questions. But it's possible they haven't aired. 
so here we go. I'm going to play Beer Money. Now, Cal, are you playing too? I'd like to. Okay. So are you? <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, love the enthusiasm. I want to know, are you guys going to play as a team, or are you going to play like, if you know, basically volley? If, if, if Steve doesn't get one, Cal's going to go and grab the question. How are we going to do this? We should we should play as a team. We do everything together, Dan. All right. I love I love it. I love it. Very not inspirational. To, not to make it awkward. It's not awkward. Well, it's been awkward since I got on the phone, let's be honest, right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. So, for $10. All right, Cal, you ready? Cal, pay Cal, attention. Steve, I'm, you ready I'm to play ready. beer money? Okay. I am absolutely so ready. And I'll keep tabs. I'll tell you how much you're winning. Uh, okay. For 10 bucks, which Met passed Mike Piazza in Korea? Yeah. Which Met passed Mike Piazza in game-winning RBI, currently at 90? Which Met passed? It's got to be right, right? You got it. $10 question, just like that. See how easy it is? I, I love this game. Now, do you want to play for 20 more, or do you want to keep your 10 no. and walk away? Let's walk. Keep us walk. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to hang up now. It was good working with you. Hey, thanks, Dan. Okay, you too. You know what's funny? We have had people on the show who basically know their limits, and they win their 10, and they're like, I'm going, I'll see you. And, uh, you know, good, good for them. Good for them. But in this case, we've got some time to fill, right? So she, we should press on? Yes, please. Okay. For $20, only one Met player has ever had 200 hits in one season. Name him. Lance Johnson. You got it! Lance Johnson. Steve, you're two for two. Cal, I'd like to hear from you on this next one, okay? I think Steve's got this one. <laughs> no, Cal, Cal is just my financial advisor for this. <laughs> All right, well, fine. When, with your earnings, you're going to have a lot to talk about with Cal. What do you What uh, do you think, Cal? Should we Should we go for more money? Let's let it. What well, What are we at now, Dan? You're at thirty. Let it ride. Let it ride. Okay, here we go. The hundred dollar question. The Mets have made the first round of the, of the N. MLB playoffs seven different times, okay, either as NLE's champs or as the wild card. Name these years. Cal, seven times. Seven times. Seven times, either as NLE's champs or as the wild card. Name those years. You ready? I'm ready. As champs or the wild card. Yes. Six, 69. Correct. 73. You got it. 86. On a roll. 88. You got it. 99. Bingo. 2000. One more and you got this. 2006. $130. Wow. We're going to Sizzler. Stephen Cow. <laughs> Beer Money Champs. We got nice. you guys on the show. All right, so that that was 130 bucks, which by the way, I'm going to write you a check. The check may bounce, but I'm going to write you a check. So let's just be clear about that, okay? Cuz I don't have them. Huh? <laughs> we we just want the check to uh to put you know to frame to put in the RTU studio. Yeah, I'll, have a, I'll give you the giant check. That's fine. <laughs> oversized one, yeah. We want the Billy Madison oversized check. Yes. How about I just pay you in toilet paper? All right. <laughs> that would be magnificent. Fine. Uh, but that's but, that's fun. I, I wait wait wait. How... I got some, I got a couple more. I got some good ones. Let's do it. All right, you want it since you guys clearly know the ten dollars. Should we just get to the hard ones, the hundred dollars, and see how we do? This is where Cal. This is where Cal comes in. This is where PJ comes in. Oh, okay. <laughs> PJ wants to be our phone a friend, our producer PJ, who who doesn't even know the Mets play in New York, wants yeah. to be our phone a friend. <laughs> 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 <He's> uh, so, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> well, if can PJ can we actually hear PJ on the line or uh Yeah, let's let's get P- PJ. Uh the the question is not about David Gilmore's uh first solo record, unfortunately. <laughs> is it Dan is it Dandy Don Meredith? <laughs> oh lord. Then I'm out. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. What's our what's our next question? All right. Um Actually, no, I'm going to take you through these. I'm going to take you through these. These are good. Uh, for $10, we'll go fast. The Mets World Champs in 86 and 89, name the two managers of those teams. Gil Hodges and Davey Johnson. For $20, who is the Mets' single-season leader in batting average with three fifty-four? John, o- John Olerud. Beautiful. $100 question. In 1975, which Met grounded into four double plays in a single game? Ooh, kinky. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. We may need a sec. 75, Cal. Four double plays in one game. Correct. It was against the Astros. Whoever won was. the game 6-2. to two. I have an idea. Go ahead, Cal. Go, ahead. Go for it. There's nothing on the line here, right? Just Sorry? your pride. Just <laughs> your pride and $130 of fake money. <laughs> I do it, Cal. Frank Tavares. No. Oh, Steve, guess. you want to take a stab, Steve or PJ? I'll say, uh, <laughs> yeah, PJ. 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 Roger Waters. PJ, uh, what does PJ? What does Google say? It says somebody named Tory. Beltran or something. I don't know. I can't. Read. Is, is it Joe Tory? It's Joe <laughs> Tory. It is no, Joe is it really? Yeah. It really is. Joe Tory grounded into four double plays in a single game. That's oh boy, he was so glorious for the Mets. I mean, everything. It was just like it was just like his tenure with the Yankees. Like everything just went so well. Just turned to gold, didn't it? Yeah. Everything he touched. Didn't All right, it? here we go. Which Met? This is ten dollars. Which Met was inducted against his wishes into the Hall of Fame as an Expo? Gary Carter. For twenty dollars, three Mets have had their numbers retired. Name them. Casey Stengel, Tom Seaver, and Gil Hodges. Beautiful. For the $100 one, this is the one we like. Oh, my Lord. I wish I could get bonus cash. Which (laughs) Met hit three home runs in an 11-0 victory against the L.A. Dodgers in 1976, the first of five times in his career that he accomplished this feat? Oh, we know this one, Cal. Yes, you do. 1976? Yep. Kingman. You got it. David Arthur Kingman, 442 career home runs. Dear Lord. Okay. That was the... That was the Tommy Lasorda game. That was the Tommy Lasorda game. Yes, indeed it was. Now, this is the one I like to call the $200 question. It may not really be as crazy, to, but every now and then we get this one that they don't deem appropriate for the $100, and they kind of toss it aside because it's either too hard or too crazy. Okay. So this is one of the $200. You ready? Yes. Basically, it never makes it to the show. <clears throat> Stay with me on this, fellas. This is your last question. In 1986, Cleon Jones caught a fly ball to end the World Series. Did I say 1986? Fudge yeah. me. Hang on, 1969. I was copying this over from the email. This is what happens when you're at my dad's who has nothing as far as computers are concerned. Um, <laughs> dad, can you put up the rabbit ears? I want to see if I can watch TV. Move, uh, your, leg. Nine... Move, your, move your leg, Dad, right there. That's <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this old school. In 1969, Cleon Jones caught a fly ball to end the World Series. In 1986... Orozco struck out Marty Barrett to end the World Series, right? Including those on the field and in the dugout, named the three players who were there 
for both of those Mets World Series victories. All right, I got I got two right away. All right, all right, right, Cal. Uh, yeah, I have two I, also. Yeah. Right. David Johnson, right, who made the last out of the '69 World Series and was the manager for the '86 World Series. Correct. Buddy Harrelson, who was the shortstop yeah. for the '69 team. Correct. Third base. And I got the, for the '86. I got the third one for you. What do you got? Tom Seaver. You got it, Cal. He was in he the was, Boston Red Sox he, dugout. That's right. That's right. He was in the dugout. He was not active that day, but he was in that's uniform. Right. He was in uniform in the dugout. Well, well, I think we uh, acquitted ourselves quite well. That's a good Can question. Can I just say how in awe of you guys I am? That's crazy. It's crazy, right, PJ? That's I crazy. mean, these, these guys are like rain men when it comes to Mets. And by the way, uh, <laughs> you, should just, you should just show up, get a bunch of different disguises and show up every time we're shooting beer money. Like and just win a boatload of cash, please. I have I have a new career. I'm going to turn into Peter Sellers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. On, a nice thick mustache one day, some glasses right. another day. Right. I just found Cal, Cal and I just found our new careers. That's fantastic. That was beautiful. That was fun. Hey Dan. So yeah. now, yeah. Segway. Let's Segway. Love let's it. Let's jump. Let's jump on the Job scooter and Segway. Mm-hmm. Into, I'm with you. Uh, what what seriously what I wanted to ask you about was how has to start this off how has being on uh beer money and being on the show uh any sort of I know I would have a difficult time asking Yankee questions because I right. I, I I have a problem with the Yankees we all it's yeah. been set up the show how has that mm-hmm. been like with your own uh sport rooting predilections mm-hmm. how has that been like, you know, running into – because, you know, let's face it, some of fans of these teams are rabid. They are indeed. You're saying just how is it as the host when I'm working or outside of the yeah. job? No, yeah, no, as as the host so far of the show as you're working, and then we'll take it outside the job. Well, I certainly – you know, I do have a soft spot, and I don't know if you know this, but I am a Yankee fan, so let's just make that clear. I did know uh, that. You did or you did not? I did. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Just don't hold it against me. Now, I so clearly when there's Yankee questions, I have a special soft spot for these people and these questions and et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you look at SNY and what they do, I mean, they really do try to, even though the Yankees do get shoved to the back, they still do report on the Yankees. So you basically do have to kind of keep a very neutral opinion of everything all the time. So I will, I'll, I'll safely say that on the show, no, I don't get riled up. Um, even if some, some which when we were at City, City Field, there were plenty of people hating on the Yankees. We, we shot City Field and at Yankee Stadium this year. Um, plenty of people saying Yankees suck and et cetera, et cetera. But, it, you know, it doesn't bother you at all because in that moment you're just thinking, well, you know, it's it, it, basically there's jerks in every, every – as your friend Matt said in his uh, – that beautiful article he wrote about talking to his, his child about, you know, hating the Yankees. Yeah. There's douchebags in every sport every allegiance and every yep. team, you know. So I just have that attitude, I guess. Now, now you, you have uh, two boys, uh, and, you know, you're bringing – and your wife, we should also throw in the wives into this. Now, Cal <laughs> – which they'll love, I'm sure. But Cal – Yeah. You know, Cal has two girls, uh, two beautiful girls, and I remember years ago Cal telling me about Julia trying to get Julia to say Reyes. <laughs> now, Jose. I wanted her to sing the Jose right. song. Sing the Jose right. song. That was in that was in 06. 
That was 06. She was three at the time. Right. And and just trying to get – now, I have uh, my son, who's only four months old. You have the boys who I think are two and five. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's two right. and a half and five. And uh, you have the boys. Your wife is from Boston? Yeah, my it's been a – My wife is I, from Texas? It's, and your wife's from Texas, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's been a, I think it's been a long, hard road for both of us, Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about you, Cal? What's your wife's uh, allegiances? Where does she lie? My wife started out as speaking. a Met. She she started as a Met fan, just like me, and my um, just my over the topness, I guess is the best way to put it, has turned her off completely to sports <laughs> to the point where she actually hates sports now. Might be for the best. <laughs> I guess so, but I think I I think I pushed her away that way. Right, well, that's right. that's the that's the fine line, right, Dan? I mean, you you want to get the uh, you want to get the boys into sports. You want them rooting for your teams. Listen, fellas. <clears throat> yeah, no, let, let me just say this. It's not even, you know, we're all laughing and joking here, but in, in, <laughs> in my family, it is it is a, a deep-seated, I mean, it goes beyond rivalry. This is like, you know, Montagues and Capulets. It's, it's, right. it's horrible. It's, it, you know, goes back generations and generations, and there's hatred. And to the point when the Yanks play the Red Sox, whether it's a regular – season game or it doesn't matter there is silence in the household silence wow and as far as the kids are concerned because the problem is it's not just my wife guys who's from boston and can realizes she's a bostonian in new york and kind of has to you know grin and bear it that's right but it's it's the in-laws it's her dad it's her mother who are rabid rabid born and bred you know pat's loving bruins loving i mean it's just it just goes (laughs) on and on and on right um you know so it's to the point where as soon as Jason or my first kid was born, I think for about three minutes we joked about what's he going to be, a Yankee or a Red Sox fan. And you know what we ended up on? It was And it was honest like, like the truce. It was like Yalta, you know, the, the World War, whichever, <laughs> where, you know, Churchill and the, everybody got together and said, no, the best thing to happen right now is for him to become a Mets fan. Because, right? We I all understand it. the logic here, right? He's in I New York, right. Yep. right? He's not going to go, right? He, so it's not Met, plenty of Mets hate the Yankees. So many, I mean, Mets fans hate the Yankees as much as Red Sox fans will hate the Yankees. So there's a there's a sort of shared hatred there. Right. And then you know, given '86 and all the history, Mets somehow a little bit hate the Red Sox. So you know, there's a little a little mutual hatred there. So <laughs> that's the best we can do, um, and that's, that's what he is right now. So that yeah. was the, that was the compromise. In a way, it's allowing me to kind of, you know, through his eyes, be a Mets fan, which is kind of right. fun. Uh, growing up on Long Island, of course, the Yankees didn't really exist. I mean, they, yeah, they were out there, but when I was a kid, maybe a handful of people were. Where in Long Island are you from, Steve? Uh, Cal and I are both from Comac. Comac, that's right, home of Rosie O'Donnell, right? That's correct, Rosie yeah. O'Donnell and Bob Costas. I, and I Bob, need to throw. Yes. That's important. That's important. Yes. Yeah. So, you, need to you know, throw Bob Costas in there. I don't know what it was like for you. You're further out on the island, but Yankees were more of like someone else's team. You know, they weren't. Yep. Uh, you know, well, yeah, and also the time. You know, the time too for us, Dan. Like we're sure. around the same age, and mm-hmm. at that time, you know, in, in the mid '80s or whatever, the Mets, starting in '84, sort of took over the town. I mean, without a doubt, and a lot of Yankee fans, like Dr. E. Ray, when he's on the show, you know, is is a big Yankee fan. But he's a very sensible Yankee fan because he remembers when they stunk. You know, right. he remembers being being a kid in 1984 and and being 10 years old and they weren't a good team. Of course, you 
know, so right. And so we had the Mets that, you know, in 84, Gooden comes up in 84 and you mm-hmm. have uh, the, the young guys and stuff like that. But I love see now I'm dealing with the idea of I feel like he's got to be a Met fan, but I don't want him. And the article you were referring to, Dan, was a, a written uh, Cal was written by Matt Callan. Matt Callan, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I had sent you that article uh, yeah. about how he, you know, his daughter is five years old and she sort of like expects to hate the Yankees, right? And he's he's trying to not, you know, not uh, propagate that and have that go or uh, perpetuate that and have that go on. So he's, you know, we don't want to use the word hate, but we we maybe dislike them. Of course, you know, sort of thing. But or, or as your as the writer put it, as Matt put it, he goes, you know, I like, you know, I I I like the Yankees. What is it? But I like the Mets more. He put it right. somehow like very diplomatic. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I got I, I got a I got a real quick story for you with my kids. My father now, mm-hmm. well known on the show. Steve knows. <laughs> my father likes to bounce back and forth between the Mets and the Yankees. Yes, Waffle House. House. Yeah, he waffles on it. But I've taught my girls. Now, the girls don't really have any interest in sports. They're seven and five. They don't have a lot of interest in sports. But they do know that Papa needs to pick one team. They call my father Papa. And, they, and he'll come over, and he'll, and he'll talk about the Mets, and he'll talk about the Yankees. And he, he kind of razzes them a little bit. And they get all worked up, and they tell him, no, one team. You have to pick one team. And it's not <laughs> the Yankees. It. I and love it's it. not the Yankees, right. Right. Oh, and it's, <laughs> but they at least realize that you know allegiances should uh, should happen at some point. You should probably yeah. put your foot. Yeah. No, yeah. you want to like I I want to give I want to give uh, my little guy like I, I obviously want to give him the Mets. I obviously want to give him the Jets. I have a, I have a lot of pressure. Uh, my brother in law uh, is a, is a huge sports fan. He's a great sports fan, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he he's sort of uh, you know he snuck in a, an Astros thing here or there. That's fine. That's fine, but he is also a Yankee fan somehow. Oh, and, Yankee fans uh, everywhere, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so uh, infuriating. But uh, you know, <laughs> my son's not going to be a Yankee fan. That's just—I'm sorry, it's non-negotiable. It's not going to happen. Well, it's, yeah, uh, no. It, it, but how does your wife feel about this? She's uh, she's not happy. Damn. Okay. <laughs> no, it, I, I can almost get away with just giving him UT. Got if it. I, him, which is basically the Yankees of college sports. I was going to say that's wonderful. So give you know if, if you can concede college sports to your right. wife, I have nothing. I have nothing there. That's fine. What that's am fine. I going to make him root for the Flying Dutchman? I, I have nothing. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, that's the thing in this area. You know, college basketball. Yeah, you could go St. John. I mean, yeah, you know, Rutgers. I, what do we got? You know, yeah. Good point. Yep. Good point. Now, Football I, uh, certainly is off. The, yeah, go ahead. Yep, and and let him get. Now, Cal, I've been wondering this with the girls and stuff, and and Dan, you were able to come to the compromise, which is brilliant. But do you think with the girls that they'll they'll get into it as they get a little older, or I mean, can you can you see like a daddy daughter met game in your future or whatever? No, they've shown no interest whatsoever. <laughs> mm. um, we took them to a Long Island Ducks game once. Nice. That's the like a big League. thing. Yeah, that's like the. And speaking of which, they signed uh, Duane Sanchez today. Yeah. Oh, there you so, go. There you go. There you go. And, and with the Mets bullpen in the shape it's in. But um, yeah, we took them. We <laughs> took them to back. a Ducks game. We took yeah. them to a Ducks game once, and we last. Luckily, it's only ten minutes away. The the prices are inexpensive, and we lasted about four innings, and that included a round of cotton candy, 
and a trip to go meet Quacker Jack. Mm-hmm. Now, and that was about all they could do. That was it. Yeah. Now, yeah. now Dan, you you've taken the boys to City Field, right? I have. Jason went for the first time. I've been many times. Uh, listen, I I you know I'm not one of the jerk Yankee fans out there. I love the Mets, you know, in the sense that I respect them and I, I appreciate their history. And you know, no matter how much, they're still a part of me. Um, I, I'm a Yankee fan for a bunch of other reasons that occurred during my teenage years. Mainly, long story short, my grandfather, who's now passed and not from this country, getting very he, – he's from Argentina and Uruguay. Uh, real fast, they started broadcasting Yankees games in Spanish in the, in the mid-'90s, okay, on the uh, radio. Yeah, right. uh, W-A-D-O, Radio Wado, as he called it. But anyway, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll never – yeah, I, it, it was great and because what would happen was here's a guy who his whole life – he moved here when he was 65. He didn't give a shit about uh, – excuse my French – about baseball. <laughs> I mean, his whole life was was soccer, football, football, soccer, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he comes to this country, and they start broadcasting these Yankee games in Spanish. And he became the most rabid Yankee fan in the world. And I'd always really? hear him talking about Los Yankees, Los Yankees, right? <laughs> and uh, and it just struck me, like, his passion and his energy and, and just the way he was woken up about this. Because I, I never related to him with the soccer because I just, you know, I wasn't really watching it or aware of it. Um, but anyway, this was something we found common ground on, and he, you know, he he died a few years later, and I kind of held on to the Yankees as a, as a tribute to him, and that was, you know, many, well, geez, sixteen, seventeen years ago. So here I am. Point is, I, I have love for both teams, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick the Yankees. Jason and I went to City Field about eh, a week ago. He right. lasted seven and a half. Nice. Wow. Uh, one box of popcorn is all he needed. And right. all I can say is I was really surprised at my little guy. There was some – I don't know. I don't know. He did well. It, it bode very well for the future. It really he, did. That's great. He lasted longer than the Mets starter that day. That's for sure. <laughs> it was Chris Young out. pitching. It was Chris oh, Young okay. pitching. And, uh, right. yeah, it's, so it was less than a week ago now. It was, uh, right. it was on. Yeah. That's but, a, now, yeah, let me ask you, Dan, will, will you teach them uh, – will you teach your boys to root for the Red Sox once the Mets are out of contention, like Ooh, all Mets fan, like all Met fans do. Yeah, this is a that's a very very good question. Right, come September, right, the September yeah, rooting. That's right. Um, uh, good question, guys. I don't know. I don't know. I might want to just teach them to hold on to them till the bitter end, till the yeah. very bitter end. Uh, I, I, you know, at this point, I want to keep things simple with them. I'm, in all honesty, I'm afraid if I do tell them one way or the other. I don't want to confuse him. I want to just kind of give him blinders right now and, and have him think about the Mets and basically you know it's what, the only team on there. You know what you can go with, Dan? You can go with baseball's closed. <laughs> <laughs> Once the Mets season is over, no, no, baseball's closed, guys. Baseball, those other things you're watching on TV are just minor league games. That's They're not right. yeah. Real baseball they is don't closed. Count. Right. The, how, come, how come Mets baseball closes every August? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Daddy? Uh, well, let's, well let's, uh, hope, let's hope they surprise us all, right, and last a little bit into September. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be delightful. Would be I, very nice. yeah. I, I, I honestly, Dan, thanks for uh, sharing all this stuff with us because I really think it's it's you know being new to fatherhood and and you, you've been at it for a little while, but uh, doing the show with Cal for uh, you know over a year now, and and I, I've really been able to uh, myself like take stock of like how much sports does mean to me that I'm willing to 
you know, go and talk about it for a couple of hours uh, on a weekly basis with Cal. And, and thankfully Cal's willing to talk about it with me, but like, it, it does mean a lot to me. And I, and, and, and I, I'm teasing about my wife. She does get it. She does understand, you know, that uh, on opening day last week on Friday night that I wanted to have my little guy in a Met onesie and I wanted to watch the first pitch. Of, of course. And, you know, for his first ever opening day. And, you know, she, she gets it. No, and, of course. Uh, it's, it sounds like sort of silly stuff, but I think the compromise that you and Noreen have come to is, is genius. I, I really do. No, but it is. It, you understand it's very much like a, you know, a religious thing almost. Like, you know, I'm saying, yeah, you know, I was absolutely. a Catholic and she was Jewish, for example. You know, let's raise our kid, I don't know, Buddhist, and let him decide when he's 18. <laughs> you know, but here's the scary thing, guys. Jason's going to turn 18 because that our, that's, our, that's our date. He's going to be 18 and have to decide. And we are going to basically turn to him and say, so, you know, what, right. what, do, you, what do you got? Right. And obviously I'm hoping he just says, yeah, you know, I've been brainwashed by the Mets. It's fine. Let's just stay with the Mets. But he may have developed his own opinions at that point, and he may turn to the Reds. I don't know. I don't know. And I guess that's the whole thing of kid rearing is that, you know, you just don't know what these kids are going to grow up to be. That's it. It's true. It's right right after he tells you he's going to be a dancer. Yeah, he's going to – right, exactly. He's going to be a dancer, and he's moving to Europe. Oh, and by the way, I'm a Red Sox fan, and that'll be right. that. You know. and, and, and the worst part of that whole thing would be that he's a Red Sox fan. Well, absolutely. You know, I, <laughs> what, you have 15 piercings on your face? That's fine. fine. You're a Yankees fan? Great. Go yeah. to your no, Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it will be, but that's what we're doing. It's the compromise, It's it's, and it's going to work for the next, you know, 13 years. We're going to do the same thing with our younger child and, and, and see what it. happens. You guys went to Potsdam, and you came out with it. Yeah, <laughs> did you, did, it was funny how I was struggling to think of, uh, you know, places where truces occurred from World you War II. You had it, though. You had Yalta. That was good. Was I right? Was I even remotely close? Okay. All right. Fine. There was definitely a... It sounded good. See, now this minute, I, should be helping us. This he can help on. This is how this is how melted my brain is from being a dad. Is I said Yalta, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, that's clearly a, a place uh, from from the Star Wars trilogy. I was just, just going to say that. Does totally not exist. Say that. Yep. I, 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 it was the conference at Tatooine. And, uh, <laughs> wait. As, as, as soon as you said Yalta, I thought of Star Wars too. See, uh, see something's going on. Exactly. Dan, thanks so much for joining us, thanks, pal, guys. and uh, giving us a little time. He is uh, Dan Shackner. He is the co-host of Beer Money on SNY TV, and that's on, what is that, Sunday nights, Dan? Yeah, Sunday nights around 7. Sometimes they move us, of course, if there's games or other rainouts and stuff like that. But, yeah, 7 o'clock. Honestly, it's a really fun show. Thanks so much for coming on, brother. We'll talk to you, Thanks, Donald. Thanks, guys. All right, Dan. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Uh, so Dan joins us. Uh, we're just about out of time, Cal. Yeah. Uh, the, that was fun though. That was good times. So, uh, he's such a such a good guy, such a good yeah. guy, and really so very nice to see him uh, doing well. And you know what? Uh, I, I was never a lover of Chris Carlin. I'll say it on that show. I like him on the pre and post for the Mets, but I don't didn't love him on that show. Yeah. That show is eminently watchable now with Dan. Wow, it really is. It's now like a nice, fun little game show. Maybe because I know. Him. But I think the, uh, both he and Amber make it a much more watchable show. And, it's, and the premise, like you said, is just fun. Yeah, exactly. So thanks to Dan for joining us. Uh, what do you want to say? You want to talk about the uh, NBA playoffs, or we'll save it for next week, Cal? Let's save it for next week, because they will have started, I think. That's correct. Well, but then before we go, we have to thank our uh, producer, 
uh, the very talented uh, pop culture PJ. PJ, say goodnight to the people. Goodnight. I love you all. Uh, Cal, final unload, my friend. Uh, my final unload is um, the Mets. Come on, guys. That's all I got. My, my final unload is I want to say uh, I had a fantastic time with my uh, partner and co-host at the ball game on Friday. And uh, you know what, buddy? We got to do that more often. That was a good time. Absolutely. It was a great time. I loved it. All right. Once again, thanks to Dan Schachner uh, from Beer Money on SNY. And thanks to PJ for producing. And thanks to my co-host, Ryan. You can check out the podcast for this on the website. Click on the iTunes icon. That is all the time we have. Cal, I'll see you next week, my brother. Good night. And good luck.